Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to part two of the Richardson murders. If you haven't listened to part one yet, make sure you do so because we'll be picking up from where we left off on today's episode. And you are listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Bum, bum, bum. Nailed it. Nailed it. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to True Crime Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. That's what we are. We are. Uh, We got some shit to uh, deliver to you guys today. First and foremost, you're talking about uh, part two. Part two. Yes. So we said in the intro, but if you've not listened to part one, Make sure you do so. Yeah, because you'll miss out on a little bit of information. You'll miss out on a lot of info. This is an an info-heavy case. And honestly, like, okay, part one, for the record, well done on that. I'm on the, I've been on the edge of my seat. This is a fucking crazy case. I'll do a, I'm doing the tiniest of recaps, but still go and listen to part one. Okay, sounds good. Um, We'll hold that recap off if you don't mind. uh, Yes, of course. Get past some information. Uh, First and foremost, can we thank our, our patrons? I actually have to say one thing first. Sure, what's that? I literally thought that I ended episode one in a very kind spot, but I got slack for it. Flack, you mean? Flack, slack, whatever, flack. (laughs) So I apologize, but I literally thought I was being kind. No, I even told you in the episode, like that was, that was a cliffhanger. I didn't think it was at all. It was. Well, anyway, my apologies, but uh, the wait's over. So there you go. Here it is. Um, But I do want to send a special thank you to Dwayne, a.k.a. Wayne Drury, who is our patron who signed up for us this week. Amazing. Thank you so much, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you to all our patrons. And even if you're not a patron, thank you so much for being here and listening. That means the world to us. It really does. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Um, We have some news, though. Finally, the long-awaited news. Um, Before we get into the long-awaited news. Oh, shoot. I thought that's where we're going. Um, You have something else. We're not posting an episode next week, is it? No, we are next week. Okay. Well, you're the one going on vacation. So you, so you need to tell me when that is because clearly I don't know when you're leaving. Yeah. But ben, ben will be posting an episode next week, but then the week after I'm on vacay. So we're thinking we're just going to throw out a um, Q&A episode of sorts. Something yeah. That doesn't take quite as long, but still putting something out there where you guys can ask us questions and get us to get to know us a little bit better and such. So Yeah. So that'll be uh, over on social media where we get a lot of the questions and everything. So if you yeah. want to ask some questions, something's been burning in your mind that you want to hear from us, let us know. And yeah, we'll do a post and such. But yeah, that won't be um, until August 15th. Okay. So, so coming down the pipe, we have uh, one week where we're going to be taking a August 16th. Sorry. There we go. Got the wrong day. Okay. But now what Nicole was talking about, the long-awaited uh, 
thing. <laughs> thing? Thing. Uh, <laughs> the Wicked Box. Yes. Um, we have this big old Wicked Box that we've put together a bunch of cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Um, and we're going to post on our social media pictures of what is actually contained in this Wicked Box. You can get a peek at it. Um, if you head over to our website, on the left-hand side, or if you're scrolling on the phone, it'll be right damn smack in the middle. There's a uh, peculiar button that uh, popped up with just randomly popped up. Yeah, it's weird. Like three, what the heck? Three question marks. Yeah, I was like, wow, uh, the so, hacker. So if you click on that, it's gonna take you to a password protected page. You can't see it unless you have the password. What that password might be? Well, that's kind of up for you guys to figure out. However, there is a little bit of a hint. All you need to do is take a look at our exclusive merch design. The one where the only way you can obtain it is if you win it through giveaways with us. Take a look at that design and uh, pretty sure you'll be able to figure out the password pretty quick. Oh my gosh. And yeah, and this is like an in parts yes. series, right? So it's like, so I mean, not some people, maybe they're on vacation or something and they can't do all the steps like instantly. Yeah. So it's kind of going in stages. Exactly. So it's stage, stage by stage by stage. So there is time for everyone to participate mm -hmm. at their own leisure. Which I love. So, but when it does come down to it, there will be only one person to get the Wicked Box. Yeah. And in that Wicked Box does contain the number one mug. Yes. That will be so launching soon. We had handcrafted artisan Stay Wicked mugs. Pottery mugs that are black and beautiful. I'm actually drinking tea out of one right now. Yeah. Because we kept one. Um, but we had some made up. And the they're all numbered. One out of 30 is going in that Wicked box. Along with other stuff. But you'll number see Number one. Yeah. Number yeah. one is Number one out of 30. Yeah. They're so awesome. They look so good. I'm so excited. I, I, I'd i go as far as saying they're wicked. They're pretty dang wicked. Oh, snail. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. The, the Wicked Box giveaway, it's officially happening. If you want to go see if you can figure out that password, that's the only way you'll be able to move on to the next stage, unfortunately. So the information to find that, go look at our exclusive design. You can find it on our social media and stuff. You know, it's been posted. Go digging around. See what you can find. This is going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. What else we got? Is that it? Um, I think so. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we should just say once this Wicked Box giveaway is done, then we will probably be putting up the other mugs for purchase, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they won't be going for up for sale until this giveaway is complete. Yeah. So. so that will be coming down the line too. So that's exciting. We have a lot of things. Ooh. Ooh. Are we announcing our other big thing or no? What's our other big thing? Our big download announcement. Oh, yeah, sure. Are we allowed to or are you saving that for something? Well, I mean, I was thinking of doing the reel first, but you know what? Fuck it. Let's just uh, let it okay. out here. Well, we're going to be doing a blog and a reel about it, but we just hit half a, well, not just like a week or two ago, we hit half a million downloads. Half a million times Holy our podcast shit. has been listened. That is so wild. Like, oh my gosh. hundred thousand times. It makes me feel like I could pee my pants. It's, it's so exciting. We're actually, um, by the time we realized it, we looked up our analytics because we, our analytics are actually split a little bit because we were on another hosting platform before. Mm -hmm. So we take our analytics from that and add it up to our currently current ones. Um, so we had to add them and actually look at the number a little bit deeper, but we are currently at about 515,000 downloads right now. So we wow. missed it a little bit. Yeah. But but yeah. honestly, like, just thank you. I just feel like that's just a dream. 
in not even in my wildest dreams would I have thought that we would have that many so far. So honestly, thank you so much for all the support, kindness, and just everything. Yeah. You guys have been amazing to us. So that's what we try and give back a little bit with things like this Wicked Box. Yeah, a little giveaway. Yeah. So without further ado, should we get into part two? Oh, that rhymed. Good oh, work. shit. Yeah, yeah. Without Look at further us. ado, should we get into part two? Look uh. at us. This is, going, this is going off to a good start. <laughs> is that what you call a good start? I'd say so. Okay. So to do a slight recap, we left off part one with 12-year-old Jasmine's relationship with her parents steadily declining mm -hmm. right yeah her relationship with her 23 year old boyfriend jeremy was however flourishing on march 20th 2006 jasmine wrote to jeremy stating that she had a plan a plan which begins with her killing her parents and ends with them living together jeremy loved this plan jacob's neighbor friend gareth would make a gruesome discovery on april 23rd 2006 of the bodies of the Richardsons, Deborah, Mark, and Jacob. So we're going to dive into the events that led to Gareth's gruesome discovery. Uh, I'm not ready for this, but let's do it. I'm never well, ready for this. Honestly, okay, I feel like this is actually probably the most time I've ever spent on a case. Because the book spent a lot of time was amazing. Um, so I definitely recommend reading the book. We'll have it in the notes. And I don't know. It was just like I just needed to learn almost everything about it because it's it's terrible. It's it really actually bothered me this case, but that's OK. Well, and rightfully so. It's very bothersome case. So Jeremy was becoming more infuriated with Jasmine's parents, telling friends they were locking her up. Yet the two of them continued to keep in touch. Jasmine would softly creep out of her bedroom as late as one in the morning and use the basement phone to have whispered conversations with Jeremy, sometimes for hours into the night. They'd fantasize about escaping to a castle in Europe, their castle, but struggled with the idea of running away because Jasmine's family would just go about trying to find them. In all honesty, I can relate to the escaping to Europe and living in a castle dream. I mean, that does yeah. actually sound kind of awesome. Yeah. I mean, girl, that's my dream. <laughs> Hell yeah. You're all about that dream, eh? Mm -hmm. uh, my dream is actually just like moving our tiny home to Tofino. So I feel like oh, that's, it's a bit more attainable. That's my Canadian North American dream for sure. <laughs> However, if I were to do whatever the fuck I want, uh, castle is in, in Europe. Eh? I mean, it doesn't matter where. A yeah. castle fucking rights. Probably in Ireland or Scotland or something. Eh? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they often discussed how to go about killing her family and ran through various scenarios, including, including shooting, stabbing, knocking them out and setting the house on fire. And if they eliminated her parents, it would be unfair to leave her brother alone in a world without a mom and a dad. That's. I don't agree with that at all. I mean, I mean, I don't agree with the whole well, no, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Devil's advocate here. Um, of course, murdering the parents is not a cool thing. No. Don't get us wrong with this conversation, but I don't think that's a reason to have to kill the brother. No, too. because the thing is, they were going to get caught. Like, there's just no doubt about it. Yeah. So having the brother be able to say who did it, it doesn't matter. Like mm -hmm. they, it was going to be inevitable. So it's like this is an eight year old boy that had his whole life ahead of him. Yeah. And he would have 
been terribly devastated, but he would have adapted in a way and still been able to potentially live a fulfilled life. Wholeheartedly. Right. So that is one of the most pathetic excuses. Oh, yeah. For murdering someone, let alone a child. Honestly, fucking disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. It is. So then came the evening of April 22nd. Early in the evening, the Richardsons had Gareth over and were enjoying hot dogs in the backyard with Jacob. I had mentioned in part one that Jacob and Gareth were supposed to have a sleepover that night, Mm -hmm. but Gareth instead was going to a hockey game with his grandma, so they were hanging out beforehand having a hot dog roast, which, holy shit, thank God, right? Yeah, no kidding. Otherwise, he would have been involved. He would have been killed too, for sure, I think. Just like the logic of what those people had. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, Jeremy was getting drunk and stoned with friends. He had previously purchased a 12-pack of beer and an eighth-ounce bag of pot. And when his beer was done, he raided his mother's beer fridge or beer supply in the fridge and vodka in the freezer. Jasmine wasn't with Jeremy that evening. She was at home soaking in a hot bath and messaging with a friend. The friend wanted to hang out with Jasmine the following day, go swimming or go to the mall, but Jasmine simply replied that she couldn't. And when asked why not... The friend never received a reply back. At about 9 p.m., Jeremy left his trailer high on pot and booze and went to to visit his friend Jordan and ask him a favor. High on pot and booze, eh? Yeah. High on booze? Sure. (laughs) High on just all of it. All of the above. I know. I just put high on. I should have said high on pot intoxicated on booze drunk on booze i don't know he was under the influence of alcohol and the devil's lettuce he was intoxicated by two means the mary jane (laughs) the marijuana okay so you see he wanted his um friend jordan to help murder his girlfriend's family with him and he wasn't the first friend he'd ask of this jeremy had previously asked his friend grant who simply told him to fuck off. Jordan wasn't interested either. He said, no way. I don't have it in me to kill another human being. Jeremy was furious, but left and headed back to his trailer. He called Jordan once more when he got home and was overheard yelling at him and talking to Jordan about killing them. He also threatened Jordan saying, if I ever find out you or anybody else told the police about this, I will kill all of you because I won't know Which one is the rat? What the fuck? So the sad reality of this is so many people knew of Jeremy and Jasmine's intentions. But he scared them all into silence. Well, no. And even some of Jasmine's friends knew that she had told. But it just never got reported because as far as everybody was concerned, they were just angry and they would never actually go about ahead with this plan well i mean how absurd is it to think that your friend's gonna go murder their parents i mean you're probably not gonna believe them no you probably wouldn't like you just think oh they're angry like they just need to cool off yeah well you hear that in conversations and you can i mean you can scroll instagram feeds or tiktok and you could find Mm -hmm. people getting in arguments or whatever and like i'm gonna kill this guy i mean they're not meaning it literally no no when you're mad you say things but i mean jasmine i can kind of understand but the Jeremy one, I don't know if I was in that situation. I might not have taken it quite as lightly. Yeah. Maybe I would want to say something about that one. Mm-hmm. 
So once Jeremy calmed down, him and his friends started watching the movie Natural Born Killers, which really set the tone for the night. Have you watched this? Oh, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I know. I'm not even sure I've, I've seen it. But the premise of the movie is two lovers go on a massive killing spree, including killing the girlfriend's parents so she can be free of their control and live with him. Mm-hmm. While watching, Jeremy was getting fired up and made comments in regards to what was happening in the movie and how him and Jasmine would go about it a little bit different. Like, for example, in the movie, the brother was spared. That's where it's going to be different, Jeremy explained. Jasmine is going to kill her brother. The one friend told Jeremy to stop talking about killing Jasmine's family, to which he responded, if you can talk her out of it, I won't do it. Like, this is just so fucked up. (laughs) These are conversations. I don't think I could have friends that talked like this. I think I'd just be like, How could you not go to the police with that, though? I know. The difference is... We're going to kill her little brother. Well, the thing is, so like they were all very intoxicated and stuff too. Still. Right. People are honest when they're intoxicated. Yeah. They're usually brutally honest. Yeah. So the friends parted their ways. And the next thing that was overheard was a, was a 2 a.m. phone call. Jeremy was talking on the phone saying, are you sure you want to do this? He was later heard leaving the trailer and driving away. With no friends willing to help, Jeremy turned to Coke for courage. Okay. And went and paid his friend Cam a visit, who he knew was a good source. Cam's girlfriend, or Jenny, sorry, was also at Cam's. Jenny was stoned herself, so she couldn't remember exactly how much pot they smoked or how many lines of cocaine they snorted, but she said it was a lot. Might have been more than six lines each. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never done coke, but I can assume that's a lot. I think that'd really fuck you yeah, up pretty bad. Yeah, no kidding. They were also drinking vodka and vampire brand wine straight from the bottle. Jenny also offered Jeremy some ecstasy. So it's safe to say Jeremy would have been absolutely wrecked. Like, I can't even imagine. So he's high on pot, cocaine, ecstasy, beer, vodka, and wine. But not life. No, no, not that at all. And then I think he even took like some, I don't have it in here, but cocaine to go. (laughs) Cocaine to go. Sounds terrible. (laughs) I hate that I just said that. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. (laughs) What can I get for you today? Yeah, can I get a a Happy Meal, please? Oh, gosh. (laughs) With three lines of Coke in it. A Mick Coke. Anyway, and he snorted that before he he went to Jasmine. So like he he didn't need that. How the fuck would he have even driven there? Like, I don't know. There's honestly, it would have been a, awesome if he probably just crashed on the way there. Right. I, I don't know if I'd say that, hey, but I, yeah, I, I didn't say hurt, but just crash. Yes. His vehicle can no longer make it to Jasmine. I know where you're going with that. Yes. No, I the agree. family lives. Yeah. I don't want him to just drive off the road and fucking die. But that's not what I meant. No, yeah. I don't think I just like crash, like maybe like hit a telephone pole and like he can't get to Jasmine's. Yes. That's all I meant. Okay. Okay, so he left the apartment and his way to, made his way to Jasmine's house. Jeremy crept to the front of the house and picked up a pine cone off the ground to throw at Jasmine's window to let her know that he was there. 
She motioned for him to go to the basement window where she would let him in. You know, these two are like sitting here thinking they're fucking Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. There was even a reference of that shit in the book. I didn't even put it in here. I was like, fuck that. Oh, yeah. They think they're just awesome. Yeah. In the pocket of his black hoodie, he carried a knife. And then the events that unfolded next all seemed to happen very fast. Deborah, Jasmine's mom, woke up to the noise of Jeremy entering the house and most likely suspected that Jasmine was once again trying to sneak out, so she went down to the basement to investigate. As she turned on the light, she was met with Jeremy, who was in his black clothes, black neoprene? Neoprene. Neoprene, I said that funny. Neoprene. Face mask, black fishnet arm stockings, leather wristband, neck bandana, and eyes lined with black eyeliner. Fueled by cocaine, Jeremy pounced on Deborah. There had been literally no time for her to really react. Jeremy viciously stabbed Deborah 12 times, including a 12 centimeter deep piercing to her heart. This commotion obviously caused Mark to wake up and race downstairs to the screams of his wife, Mm -hmm. which is just... That would just be like the worst way ever to wake up. Oh, man, I can't imagine. He sees Deborah on the floor and the masks, masked figure standing over top her and grabs a screwdriver that was left on the stairs and prepares for the battle of his life. Mark was a warrior. He was fighting for his family, but unfortunately, he was no match for the advantage Jeremy had on him of cocaine and a sharp blade. This breaks my heart. As Mark was realizing... He wasn't going to win this battle. He asked Jeremy who who he was. Like, who are you? Mm -hmm. To which Jeremy didn't reply. But Mark then asks, why? To which Jeremy screamed, because you treat your daughter like shit. It's what your daughter wanted. Those words would be the last Mark would ever hear. Holy fuck. Yeah. Wow. And those are nothing but the, like... So incorrect, those words. So incorrect. So, well, I mean, the daughter did seem like she did want Well, this, that but part, yeah. They did. They could have given up on her so many times, I feel like, and mm-hmm. they just didn't. They seem like amazing people. I oh, feel like shit. a lot of parents would not have put up with what they did to the extent. So Mark was stabbed 24 times, including nine times in his back. Fuck. He fought until his very last breath. Both Deborah and Mark had numerous defensive knife cuts on their hands and arms. Jeremy would meet Jasmine in the kitchen, where Jasmine apparently gave Jeremy a hug and kiss and told him that she loved him. She then proceeded. So she was just standing in the kitchen the whole fucking time. Well, I mean, this is like just from them, right? So she went upstairs at some point. I think she went. I'm not sure. Like some say she went to check on her brother, but I think she didn't because then she went up to the brother later and it seemed like that was the first time she saw him but yeah she was not helping like she was just kind of like watching from afar i don't even think she was really full eyes on what was going on down there but even still even if she was on a separate floor wherever she was in the house she's just listening to this happen yeah listening to her parents fucking fight for their lives yeah holy fuck like it's really bad So she then proceeded to head upstairs to her brother, who was scared shitless, asking her sister what was going on. Oh, I I just can't even with this brother-sister thing. Like, it just just destroys me. Jasmine told her brother to go to sleep 
as she cradled his neck in the crook of her arm and squeezed hard. But Jacob dug his fingernails into his sister's forearm and broke free from his sister's grip. That's when Jeremy came up the stairs, smearing blood along the wall in his path from like his sleeve. Mm -hmm. Jasmine and Jeremy cornered Jacob. His last words were, I'm scared. I'm too young to die. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jasmine and Jeremy decided they couldn't let him live. Their excuse being that he was too sensitive and would be wrong to leave him without parents. The little boy fought. In the Runaway Devil book, it said, Jacob fought like the Jedi warrior he often pretended to be. Neither Jasmine nor Jeremy ever admitted to being the one who ultimately took Jacob's life, though Jeremy was adamant it was Jasmine. But either way, the little eight-year-old boy's life was cut far too short. He was stabbed five times, including a wide, deep gash across his neck. Fuck. Like monsters. That is just a monsters. And there's there's one Monster thing. Monster monsters, this awful. There's one thing I do know about the details on this this part. There was uh, blood on one of his toys specifically, wasn't there? Well, yeah, I mentioned that in part one. Oh, that's right. Okay. But he had, um, and that's why I kind of said like Jedi. So he mm-hmm. had his lightsaber that apparently had blood on it. Oh, you're making me say this again? Like he went to f- try to fight with his light, fight them off with his lightsaber. Yeah. Like just the most pure, innocent little boy thing that you could ever hear. The thing that really gets me is they, these two fucking monsters, I'm sorry, but they are fucking monsters. They are. <clears throat> they think the right thing to do is to kill him because it would be wrong to leave him without parents. It doesn't make any sense. So it's wrong to leave, but murdering's not right or right, but it's taking like, his what life the fuck? and all the possibilities of his life is better. No shit. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's so disgusting. We killed two. So we should probably kill three. Yeah. What? I mean, he would have had family or someone else that he could have gone with. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Right. So. So now after the discovery of the Richardson murders, as I had mentioned in part one, initially the police feared Jasmine was also a victim and had been abducted by the attacker. But it was realized very quickly that was not the case. The police contacted Jasmine's school counselor to gather some names of Jasmine's friends in order to contact them in hopes of finding her. Maybe she was just having a sleepover at their house or something, right? Mm -hmm. They would meet at the school to retrieve Jasmine's school photo so they could release it and the contact info of her friends. And they also searched through Jasmine's locker to see if she had her friend's numbers taped to the inside door or in a notebook, as many students often did. But what they found in her locker made Jasmine go from no longer missing, but to a murder suspect. She had a 12-panel cartoon strip depicting a family of three stick figures being burned alive while two others watched laughing. One stick figure is happily running toward a vehicle labeled Jeremy's truck. There was also a note that read, Jays, I feel like I need to take a breath. This is brutal. This it is. May the hatred and anger build of blazing infernos fill you and overcome you. May the pains of a thousand tortured souls come upon you like scalding and eclipse all 
other noble feeling. Like the poem doesn't even really make sense to me, but I'm going to keep reading it. May your hopes, dreams, and happiness fall into the swirling pit of despair, never to return. May your peace of mind and safety be gone to you to be forever afraid and allied. May the black overcome you and the pain never ending. May all you love be stolen and destroyed just out of reach to never again feel such joys. Amen. XX. Amen. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So after they found those two pieces, they're like, wow, basically. Yeah, no shit. Um, I'm also kind of like, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just feel like it's hard that to believe that like a 12-year-old thinks that way in a sense, you know? It's but, hard to believe she is 12. Yeah. Honestly. And like even that you photo forget that, that you posted. You forget that. Yeah. She, she looks like she's literally 16 years old. Yeah. She doesn't look 12. She doesn't act 12. Yeah. Certainly what she's done is not what you'd think is what's normally capable from a 12 year old. And there was, um, I said I was going to post the photo with like the gun, but I never posted that because I was like, I don't know if Instagram will like that. There's a gun in this photo. Oh, so I had enough. picked other photos. Um, just I said that last one, so I just wanted to clarify. So, but at the scene of the crime, there was also something else they found. And it was a small blood smear on the light switch in Jasmine's room. And from the investigators' experiment experience, thieves or home invaders don't generally turn off the lights. Mm. So that was like another thing that really pinpointed her. Makes sense. I never even would have thought of that, to be honest. They don't turn off the lights. Well, or turn on and off the lights. Oh, turn. Like, yeah. Turn them on and off. Yeah. Fair enough. You just want to. Like they things. wouldn't. I don't think they would be touching the lights. Which, no, you want to leave it exactly as it is. Yeah. You don't want to draw any attention. If they needed a light or whatever, they'd have a flashlight. Yeah. So. And yeah, they would be trying to feel it or something like yeah. So that just made so much sense. I was just like, wow, I never even thought about that. I want to be like a detective. That's so interesting what you probably learn. Okay, so where were Jasmine and Jeremy? Well, after the gruesome murders, Jeremy took off. He was paranoid that someone saw him. He was basically a hot mess. Shaking, trembling, gasping for air, he wanted Jasmine to hurry up. She was in the process of gathering her things. But the panic was really setting in, and he took off running down the street to his truck and drove back to his trailer. I mean, he was also probably losing his high, right? Well, I'm, I would imagine or his maybe not even yet, but he was just effed out of his mind. Yeah. Whether he lost his high or he's still on it or he's just starting to freak out. I don't know. But all those scenarios are definitely applicable and realistic. Yeah. So after gathering her things, including stealing her mom's purse, which I'm like, <laughs> that's just like another thing, right? It's just the salt into the wound. Jasmine called a cab to come and pick her up and take her to Jeremy's. She actually went outside to call the cab so she wouldn't be in the house with her dead family. 
And as she was outside, she caught a glimpse of her father's body through the window on the floor in the basement. She reached through the broken window and closed the blinds to block the image. Out of sight, out of mind. Wow. Like, disgusting. How heartless is that? I know that. <laughs> it just seems... It's beyond me. Like, it just, the whole thing is awful, heartless, like you said. So once the cab dropped Jasmine off at Jeremy's, they greeted each other with a big hug and exchanged, I love yous. Jeremy had already cleaned himself up, but he looked worn out and had a rapidly swelling eye, like a black eye. He put his bloody clothes into a plastic grocery bag to discard of, and the two of them headed to Cam's apartment where Jeremy had been prior to the murders. They ended up staying the night there. They had sex and woke up early afternoon the following day, where they proceeded to get ready and head to a well-known party house and crash pad where a party was in full swing. And just a reminder, Jeremy's in his 20s and she's 12. Yeah. Just just that there's reminder. A, he's 23, so there's 11-year different there difference there and she's 12 yeah so he along with murdering people is also um let's just move on let's <laughs> okay. just move on yeah yeah okay <laughs> so jasmine was now free it was as if it was her coming out party at the party it was described that the two of them were all over each other making out on the couch like no one was literally around and surprisingly the party this i was like what the fuck was barely a kilometer down the road from Jasmine's house. So as they were there, Gareth was discovering Jasmine's murdered family. His mom was phoning the police and the investigators were beginning their search. And they were not even a kilometer away. And they didn't even give a shit. No. Wow. At one point, search dogs were brought in to search for evidence. Mm -hmm. They searched within a half kilometer radius of the Richardson home but if they had extended that search to be a kilometer radius they would have basically found Jasmine and Jeremy on the front lawn eating fucking fast food but what reason would they have had to extend that search I to know a kilometer? like the line's drawn somewhere right yeah what the farther you get away the less chance of that happening I know but I'm just like oh almost half a kilometer more but I mean that would have doubled the radius right yeah, so exactly. it's not like it's that that close so as they were outside eating their fast food, um, Jeremy's good friend, James, showed up. He was moving out and there to collect his final belongings. The two of them actually followed James inside. Jeremy felt he could confide in James and very quickly blurted out to him, we killed my girlfriend's family last night. I gutted them like a fish. To which Jasmine responded, my little brother gargled. Wow. My little brother gargled. Holy fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. James was busy. So the conversation didn't last long, but James just responded that they're crazy. Like you guys are crazy. He didn't believe that his best friend could do something like that. Did he go to the police by any chance? He did not right away. No. Right away. But he did. Eventually. He did okay. later when... It was more out there, but like just that little conversation didn't make him go to the police. No one believed the, they would well, do I, something I like this. I understand. I'm just like, that's a lot. Go I, to the police. I understand. But I mean, okay. If you hear someone saying that I killed someone, your next move should probably be contacting the police. 
Yeah. Even if it's a, can we get a welfare check on these people? Because you know what? This person claims they killed this person. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually the news started to uh, reporting on the murders. And this brought the same paranoia back to Jeremy, Jeremy that he felt after the murders. Which is when the pair accepted a ride from a friend who was driving some other friends to Leader, Saskatchewan. Last minute I looked up how far Leader was because I was like, oh, maybe it's like a distance. Like they're really trying to escape. But it was only like two hours away, which I don't feel like is much of a getaway plan there. Not really. And it was not because Leader would be where the pair eventually got caught. They were caught by a rookie RCMP fresh out of training, Constable Aaron Ewart, who went off of a hunch. He had seen the bulletin put on the evening or put out, sorry, on the evening of April 23rd by the Medicine Hat Police to be on the lookout for suspects who were wanted in a triple homicide. It was suspected that Leader was their destination, as that's what the homicide or sorry, the Medicine Hat Police were told from friends and acquaintances of the pair. Ewart drove around in his own vehicle most of Sunday night in search, but at two in the morning, he decided he'd go get some sleep. He would wake up the following morning at 5.30, early enough to be at the main gas station in town before it opened for the day. And sure enough, 7 a.m., a small pickup truck matching the description of the the suspect vehicle with Alberta plates pulled up to the gas station. That's like using your noggin, eh? No kidding. Like, I'm like, well done. After driving that trip, they're going to be needing gas. Yeah. 100%. Well, like they were waiting for something to open. Yeah, exactly. Like they were there in the night or whatever and they were waiting. So I was just like, that's impressive. Um, So I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on their capture and arrest. Jeremy and Jasmine weren't initially visible to Ewart as they were under the canopy of the truck, being that there was enough room for them in the cab. When the friends went inside the gas station to use the bathroom, Jasmine and Jeremy stayed behind. But while inside, they noticed a newspaper with the front page heading, couple boy found dead with a picture of Jasmine's house and a picture of Jasmine herself. They were like utterly shocked. Really? They were shocked? They said they were utterly shocked. The girls bought the paper, knocked on the canopies to show Jasmine and Jeremy, with Jasmine's reaction being to giggle. To giggle. She giggled. What the fuck? And Jeremy was basically like, that photo doesn't even look like you. That was literally their reaction to their her family's murder being front page of a newspaper. Wow. So these friends would have probably heard them saying, we're going to kill our, this family and all this sort of stuff. Um, and let's leave town as we hide in the p- pickup truck box in, under the canopy. Well, they weren't nest. Like, I feel like if there was room, they probably would have gone in the cab. But there wasn't room for them up there. So okay. that's why they were in the back. But even still, they had they had to have at one point heard them talk about or someone else or other friends yeah. talk about them saying they're going to kill their parents. Yeah. And one of the like, I'm not I didn't go much details of the girls. But at one point, Jeremy asked, I think it was definitely one of them. It might have been both of them, actually, to go wipe out his truck and hide it <laughs> to which they did. They did. They did. They did. They did. They did. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. So if anyone ever asks you to like go wipe out their truck and hide it, maybe just like call the police. No shit. 
Yeah. Yeah, let me wipe your truck out and go hide it for well, you. Well, the one no girl had a crush on Jeremy. Um. <laughs> yeah, and if that guy asks you to go wipe his <laughs> truck and hide it. You should just let go of that crush because yeah, you're not worth it. No kidding. So the group pulled away and drove to the parking lot of the high school just to like regroup, I think. Little did they know that Ewert was following. When he... Um, when his backup arrived, the officers approached the truck, finding Jasmine and Jeremy in the back with Jasmine pantless. Ugh. The teens. Are you okay? You're just like. Your I, I face, was just disgusted. Your face. Your Absolutely face. disgusted. I shouldn't be laughing, but Ben's face is just too much. Okay. So the teen girls were gathered and put in the back of Ewart's vehicle with Jasmine being handcuffed. Jeremy was put in the back of the other officer's car, and as he was, he yelled out, tell my mom she can have my TV and that I love her. What? <laughs> That's what he said. This fucking guy. <laughs> you think the TV is the most important thing right now? Hey, ma, ma, <laughs> just arrested for murder, but don't worry. I'm going away for 30 years. You can have my TV. It's okay. Uh, the way you just like, grabbed your mic and just like went off there. That was freaking good. That was good. Sorry. That was good. <laughs> okay. As the girls were being driven to the station, this is fucked. This is fucked. Their biggest worry seemed to be if Jeremy would get charged with raping an underage girl since Jasmine got caught with her pants off. That's that, what they were worried about. That was their concern? Yeah. And one of the girls told Jasmine to claim that the cops had raped her. They were all taking it very seriously, as you could you can tell. Wow. Among other things, they were also very disrespectful to the officers, telling them to fuck off, damaging the inside of the police cruiser when they were in there, stealing notepads and pens and making unauthorized phone calls because the population of leader was like under a thousand. So though the, place, the police did an amazing job, they weren't necessarily equipped to hold four teenage girls and one adult male, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't have the holding cells for that situation. So they had to like keep them in the cruiser at times and like they were just trying to work with what they had. Yeah, fair enough. And these these were they were being little shits. They were being cunts. That's what you're trying to say. Yes, <laughs> I guess. But it's like, did they not realize what the fuck was actually going on. Wow, apparently Like, not. they should have honestly also got charged for just being little dinks. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is that a charge that you can get? You're oh. charged for being a little dink. <laughs> a little That's dink. a separate charge from having a little dink. <laughs> anyway, both Jasmine and Jeremy were charged with three counts of first-degree murder. For Jasmine, at 12 years old and six months of age... She became the youngest person charged with multiple homicide in Canada. Wow. Not a badge to be proud of, eh? No kidding. Okay, so to touch on Jasmine's and Jeremy's interrogation, they both um, cracked. They both cracked under the pressure. Fair enough. Jeremy was an emotional wreck. Um, he says, things just kept escalating. They got out of control. I would do anything for Jasmine. I tried to talk her out of it, but she wanted it bad. And though Jasmine was pretty much essentially emotionless through most of it. They did, however, get her to write an apology to her parents to help her get it out. But really, we're just trying to get as much evidence out of her as possible. Of course, right? yeah. 
She said, dear, my loverly parental units, I am writing in response to the events of Sunday morning. A terrible thing happened. Something I was feel was all my fault. You must know I love you all dearly and are in my prayers. I wish peace upon your souls in the Summerland. To my little brother, I apologize for letting you hear what had happened. Also for causing you pain and for frightening you so much. To my parents, I hope you know that through all this, through all that has happened, I loved you the whole while. I wish I couldn't, I wish I could take everything back. I wish it hadn't happened. I wish you were with me right now because now I have no one. I can pray that you forgive me and Jeremy too because he was under the influence of mind-altering substance and did it out of love for me. He is most possibly the kindest person I've ever met, his wish being for my happiness. Through all the fights and hatred exchanged, I still loved you and I'm sorry my sarcasm was taken to heart. I never meant to harm you. I pray you can be at peace somehow. That is a whole lot to unpack. I never meant to harm you and I pray for you. Yet there was that weird prayer poem yeah. in her locker that we found. I don't know. I also, I don't know. Sorry, not we I'm found, was found. Slightly biased with her because I feel like, especially because in episode one, she had gone to counseling with her parents and like seemed like she just like knew how to play the game a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because her parents thought she was changing and like gave her more freedom and stuff. And then instantly she just was like back to her old ways. So yeah. it's like I feel like she's kind of manipulative. Even how she's what she's done with Jeremy really. Oh, yeah. And there's 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 a saying of uh, you're not sorry for what happened. You're sorry you got caught. And I think that's exactly what this mm. is. She never anticipated getting caught. She just thought that she'd run off in the sunset and live happily ever after. She didn't even calculate getting caught into it. Yeah. But it, it's but the thing is like she's 12. Yeah, so exactly. It's just it's so hard to unpack because can a, a 12-year-old actually be capable of what we feel she is? Why not? I don't know, that just seems so young to me. Like that seems so young to me. Like but she's matured beyond her years really. Well, regardless of matured beyond years or immature um well under your years, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter age or anything. A person can be capable of quite uh, for lack of better words, incredible things. Yeah. Um, unbelievable things would be a better term. There we go. You just wouldn't expect it from a 12-year-old, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, you wouldn't. Not, not to say that they can't be capable of that, yeah. whether it's physical or mental or whatever, manipulation. Yeah. And clearly she is capable of it because that's exactly what happened. So Jasmine and Jeremy also wrote le love letters back and forth to each other. And this was like also the interrogator's idea. And I'll spare you, but through these, Jeremy actually asked Jasmine to marry him, and she said yes. So I guess they were also engaged. All right, then. <laughs> um, once on trial, Jasmine pleaded not guilty. Essentially, the defense wanted the jury to believe that Jasmine was a child victim with Jeremy being her predator, that she never intended for the murders to actually happen. But there was evidence that would be presented to say otherwise. She painted the picture that it was all Jeremy, that she awoke that night to her mother's screams and that she herself was afraid of Jeremy, that Jeremy would hurt her. But when she was cross-examined, things didn't go so well for Jasmine. 
Many holes in Jasmine's story were brought up. If there had been no premeditated plan to kill her family, why had she not phoned 911 while Jeremy was downstairs murdering her parents? Mm -hmm. Why didn't she tell her little eight-year-old brother to run? Once Jeremy had left the house, why didn't she check on her family and see if they needed help? See if they were maybe still alive. Right? Yeah. Instead, she packed a bag and took a cab to Jeremy. I also, something I never mentioned, she didn't have money for the cab. So at one point she had to run down the street to like the 7-Eleven to the bank machine. Okay. To get money. And there was a clerk there. So that would have been another opportunity for her to get help. Well, and the cab driver themselves. Yeah, or the neighbors. Yep. Really anything, right? So Jasmine was actually described and compared as a mini Carla, Carla Homolka. Yeah, wow. Who also willingly sacrificed, we did this case, is the Barbie and Ken killers. She Carla also willingly sacrificed a younger sibling for her love. So the jury, jury deliberated for four hours, only four hours, and convicted Jasmine of all accounts on the offenses charged. Wow. Rightfully ja- so. Yeah. Um, ja- okay. And oh, shit, I didn't put this in here. This is brutal. If she had been like done this six months prior before she turned 12, yeah, she wouldn't have really been. A- I think she was only able to be charged with like parole then because she's really? so young. Right. So her being 12, like made her actually be able to be charged for more. Wow. Could you imagine though, if she just was on parole and that's it? Well, just wait, dude. It's not good. So Jasmine's sentencing options were limited under the terms of the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Taking into account the 18 months Jasmine had already spent in jail, she was sentenced to four years in custody, which was a rehabilitation program to be followed by four and a half years of community supervision or probation, giving her the maximum sentence possible. So in 2016, Jasmine walked free. Wow. She was described as a poster child of rehabilitation and deemed unlikely to reoffend in her adult life. But the scariest part, you're going to freak, is Jasmine's youth record will vanish if she commits no offenses for five years after her sentence, which would have been last year. So fully rehabilitated or not, Jasmine could become in a position of power, say a teacher, a nurse, run a daycare, caregiver, and no one would know her dark history. Holy fuck. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, I'm going to go one at a time here. First and foremost, I am super happy that she has been rehabilitated. That oh, yeah. That is incredible. So I mean, but do that. we know for sure? She's also so young. They're not, we don't know much. Assuming she is. Yes. Uh, the medical clinic says she is. I'm going to take that at face value and say she is. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So assuming she is, that is incredible. So happy for that. However, no criminal record. Yeah. It did say they took like her DNA to have in the system or whatever. Well, I better hope they have her DNA fingerprints. But yeah, like this just leaves her. So like she could literally go and be a teacher. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, she's changed her name. Oh, a hundred percent. She's very much, it says she's very much so living a discreet life in an undisclosed location in Canada. Wow. She could quite literally be a neighbor of ours. She could. Holy fuck. 
and no one knows. That is terrifying because I'm sorry, if you do something that bad, it needs to stay on there so that you don't have jobs that, like with Carla, for example, she wasn't allowed to be around youth or whatever, right? So, I mean, you can get rid of the record, I guess, if that's the rules, but it's like she shouldn't be able to do certain things on certain jobs and be around certain No kidding. No kidding. That's... That is wild. No record. No yeah. record. Clear. Clean. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Like it didn't happen. Holy fuck. Yeah. Okay. So to very briefly touch on Jeremy, the courts had taped a conversation of Jeremy bragging to an undercover officer of his crimes to incriminate himself in his own words. There was also the blog po- post that he did. Met uh, more people of authority hearing him brag, blood evidence, and testimonials from his friends who he tried to recruit to help him with the murders. So he did just he did no favors for himself in this case whatsoever. The defense was trying to build a case for second degree murder as opposed to first. That was like the best I think they thought they could do. Secondary degree or manslaughter. Saying Jeremy's extreme state of impairment that night could explain that his actions were impulsive. He was a man with zero self-esteem who finally found someone to love him. The jury deliberated for one day with a guilty verdict of first-degree murder on all counts. The mandatory sentence being life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. Wow. So, I mean, honestly, there's... And he was serving those at the same time so technically he could get out at 25 too and still live a life out of prison do you think those two are still in contact no because in the book i didn't even put it in here but um because i was just like fuck jeremy i didn't feel like looking into this but it did briefly say that he had they had separated or whatever because they kind of like went against each other a little bit right yeah and that jeremy was basically with another young person who they were waiting for her to turn 18 so that they could get married. Oh, while this was happening or while he while was in prison? While he was in jail. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Fucking that. Oh, that yeah. dude's so gross. Oh, well, both of them had, especially Jeremy had like some serious fans and shit. Fans? Yeah. Like followers that were oh. just like so pro them. Wow. Yeah. So that's the case. That is disturbing beyond belief um the biggest thing for me oh i can't believe she has no criminal record i knew that nothing really bother you that really fucking bothers me yeah i feel like too she wasn't able to buy firearms or something there was one other tiny thing but it's just it's so minimal it's so minimal because she shouldn't be able to just live her life like anyone else no I mean, grant you, I get that she was super young when this shit happened, but that is just pretty bad. Like, that's it's not something that's just going to be washed under the rug. Like, that is brutal what ha- what she did. Yeah. Wholeheartedly fucking monster. Yeah. Um, But I, I am glad she's rehabilitated. I am glad for that. Well, I'm honestly curious how, like, because n- neither of them ever really, the book said, showed any, what's the word? Like remorse. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just curious if she's rehabilitated and stuff. Honestly, how could you live with yourself? 
No kidding. Like, I don't know. I mean, rehabilitated. Okay, you're in good headspace and stuff, but you literally killed your family and they're not here anymore. And like you, she wouldn't have anyone. Like, how would she, how would you go about living day to day? Like, I feel like that would just be a struggle. I sincerely hope that she hears her little brother's voice every night before she goes to bed. That's what I hope. Yeah. Well, she can't be living a good life if that's the case then. Mm -hmm. Because that would be very traumatizing. This case was traumatizing. Thank you for putting us through that. Yeah. Well done, though. What was the book that you read for this? Um, It's called Runaway Devil. I don't have the full name. I had actually just bought it on... um, is my computer going to open up here? On Kindle. Gotcha. Well, the we put the link in the last episode, right? Yeah, and we'll put it in this one too. Honestly, like it was a it was really good read. And there was even more things that I could have touched on, but it's like we I probably honestly could have had this in three parts too. There was things I had to leave out and stuff. But so go read it because it was it was very interesting. Every bit of it was just interesting. Damn. Well, well done. Thank you for, for bringing that case to our attention. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Um as we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast, make sure you go check out our website for that mm-hmm. three question mark button. You can go uh, do all the steps that you can. Very intriguing. Try and uh, make sure you figure out that password by looking at our exclusive merch. You can only win by giveaways. If you want to find, you know what, our social media links are down below. Website's down below. And you can, yeah, follow us, support us however you want. We appreciate you regardless. So thank you so much for being here. Well done in this episode today, babe. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. And And go ahead. You got it. Until next time. Stay wicked. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.